Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music, transcribed with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and HMS Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. singing o'er our plains, and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. some tidings be which inspire your heavenly song have just recorded a new arrangement of one of the best-loved carols, Silent Night. It is for two quartets with first tenor solo and done by multiple recording. Silent So tender 
Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the birth of Jesus Christ, Thine only Son, our Lord. We thank Thee, O God, for the message to this earth of peace and goodwill to men. Bless our broadcast today, that we may bring His message of hope to the hearts of the millions. In Jesus' name. There is a place of sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who bow before thee. Near to the heart of God. Let's use our gift of the Word of God to the glory of the giver and to the satisfaction of our personal needs. Del Delker and the quartet join now to bring us a Spanish carol that has been heard on our Voice of Prophecy broadcast in the language of Central and South America. La Virgen... Lava Pañales, or 
The Virgin Washes Swaddling Clothes. La Virgen lava pañales y los tiende en el romero y los pajaritos cantan y el agua se va riendo. Pastores, venid, pastores, llegad, adorar a un niño, adorar a un niño que ha nacido ya. Just before H.M.S. Richard's message for today entitled, What Jesus Said About Himself, the King's Herald sing a contemporary carol about Jesus' birth, death, and coming again. Christ is born. Sweet redemption story. 
God will wipe all tears away. Sing we now in joyful chorus, Christ will come, Christ will come. Sing we now in joyful chorus, Christ will come, Christ will come. At this happy season of the year, when friends remember friends, family reunions are taking place, and a spirit of Christian fellowship envelops the world, we here at the Voice of Prophecy headquarters wish to send greetings to all our fellow believers and to all friends everywhere. God bless you, one and all. Our subject, what Jesus said about himself. There are people alive on earth today who have no birthday. That is, no record was made of their birthday. Or the record's been lost. Or in some other way, the actual date of their birth has been forgotten. Yet the fact that they are alive proves that they were born. They do not have a birthday, as far as records go, but they do if they only knew when it is. Nobody knows the exact day that Jesus was born. If it had been very important for us to know, surely the record of it would have been clear in Holy Scripture. Ancient traditions have suggested various dates as Christ's birthday, among them the 25th of December, which is popularly called Christmas. But we know that Jesus was born. Thousands of people saw him. He healed the sick, raised the dead. He spoke as never man spake before or since. Therefore he was born, and we thank God for it. The ancient prophet Isaiah had declared, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That prophecy, written 700 years before the birth of Jesus, was truly fulfilled. He was Emmanuel. He was God with us. For large numbers of people, this part of the Advent story has lost its meaning. Robert E. Lukacs describes how dramatically this is illustrated in the experience of Life magazine in preparing its Christmas issue not long ago. A photographer had been sent to the school of San Rocco in Italy to get pictures of the wonderful Tintoretto murals of the Nativity. He tried to photograph these exquisite paintings in natural color, but failed. He used every conceivable kind of light, but he was not successful. The colors just wouldn't come true and clear. On very careful examination, it was discovered that these wonderful murals of Christ's nativity had been overlaid with four centuries of varnish, dirt, and dust. The radiant beauty of the original colors would not shine through. At last, the photographer tried Polaroid light, and then the authentic colors were caught by his camera. What a perfect parable this is of the real meaning of Christmas, or rather the Advent story. For centuries, it has been overlaid with traditional varnish, with commercial dust and dirt, until it has become only the sweet story of a baby in a manger, for whom we may be moved with pity, or the occasion of organized, commercialized, vulgar carnival and celebration, so that millions today fail to see the glorious, wonderful, majestic, and eternal fact of the Emmanuel, God with us. 
We are liable to forget that Jesus came not to propound an idea, but to do a work. He came to redeem a lost race. For that redemption, it was necessary that he take human nature, that he become truly man and yet remain God. The incarnation, Christ's coming in human flesh, was necessary because of sin to accomplish the atoning sacrifice of redemption on the cross. Christ was God with us as a means to an end, and that end was our salvation. Did Jesus say that? He did. And here are his words in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Using this name, Emmanuel, God with us, in its wider sense, the truth is that God was in Christ, as the Apostle Paul said, reconciling the world unto himself. 2 Corinthians 5.19 Our Savior came to this world as the divine Son of God in order to bring us eternal hope and salvation. What about the pre-existence of the Son of God? Did his life really begin at Bethlehem? His own words settle it forever. Here they are in John 17.5, his prayer. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. That's clear enough. Through him and by him God created all things. This is plainly stated in the very first verse of the Gospel of John, if we compare it with the third verse. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, Jesus not only made all things, but in him we read all things consist or hold together in Colossians 1, 17. He is called the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. As we read in Revelation 22, 13, he and he alone could bring man back to God. Only he who was God could, by becoming man, save man from sin and its wages, death. He must become man's substitute and die in his place. He did this. He came. He gave his life. He who was in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, the apostle says, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. And they will eventually. We read this in Philippians, the second chapter. Jesus was the Son of Man, and he was the Son of God. For in Second Corinthians 5.19 it is written, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. But Jesus has told us that God was his Father. My father worketh hitherto, and I work, he said, as we read in John 5, 17. 
He was saying that the creative and sustaining activity of his father and of himself had known no cessation from the beginning up to that very moment. Therefore, because of this saying, his critics sought the more to kill him because he said that God was his father. They recognized his claim to divinity. In fact, the original idea here makes it even stronger as it might be translated that God was his own father, making himself equal with God. We find another saying of our Lord Jesus Christ on this subject in the 10th chapter of St. John's Gospel, 30th verse. I and my father are one, he said. From this statement, they again took exception and tried to kill him. The Emperor Theodosius at one time denied the deity of Christ. When his son Arcadius was 16 years old, the Emperor decided to make him his partner in the government. The great men of the land assembled to congratulate the new wearer of the imperial purple. Among them was a bishop named Amplius, who made an able address to the Emperor and was about to leave when Theodosius cried, What? Do you take no notice of my son? Then the man of God went up to the lad Arcadius and putting his hands upon his head said, The Lord bless thee, my son. The emperor was aroused to fury. What? Is this all the respect you give to a prince whom I have made of equal dignity with myself? The bishop replied, Sir, you do so highly resent my apparent neglect of your son because I do not give him equal honors with yourself. Then what must the eternal God think of you? when you degrade his co-equal and co-eternal son to the level of one of his creatures. It said the emperor judged the reproof to be just. It was Jesus himself who said that the father hath committed all judgment to his son. Jesus claimed to be God and to be equal with God. It's important for us to know that today. He revealed God to the world. He himself said, He that hath seen me has seen the Father also. John 14, 9. In the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, and the Word was God, that's Jesus. The same was in the beginning with God. He was full of grace and truth, Jesus our Savior. Yes, he revealed God, and God is love. Alone, O love ineffable, thy saving name is given. To turn aside from thee is hell. To walk with thee is heaven. So to our mortal eyes subdued, flesh veiled, but not concealed, we know in thee the fatherhood and heart of God revealed. surrounds me in that love I safely dwell tis above beneath within me love is mine and all is well God is love pure love God is love sweet love that love is mine Mine and all is well. God is life, that life.
life surrounds me. In that life I safely dwell. Tis above, beneath, within me. Life is mine and all is well. God is life, pure life. God is life, sweet life, that life is mine, mine and all is well. This is Orville Iverson, Associate Minister of the Voice of Prophecy, saying that as the shepherds watched the heavens to find the babe in Bethlehem, let us seek our Savior by looking up and going forward in faith. Have faith in God, the Father by the Son revealed. Have faith in God, to us the Son of Man appealed. Have faith in God, through Jesus Christ our faith is sealed. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this transcribed program of ours has served to give you spiritual strength for the coming week. And now, we invite you to join us again next week at this same time for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. At this time of the year, we hope that all around the circle of the world, our radio friends will remember us in prayer, especially on Thursday mornings. That's prayer day with the Voice of Prophecy. While we pray here, you pray there, and we'll be bound together in prayer. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.